Have you ever been to a pitch event? In case you're not familiar with what I mean by that, it's when an entrepreneur goes up and presents their idea either for funding or for a mentor. This week, I was present for two of them, one via Spaces, but the second was actually physical here on the island of Jamaica. So I'm going to share what took place in both and how it could help you if you have an idea that you're tinkering with and you're thinking of presenting it to someone to get funding, because there was a lot that I learned from this, and I think it would be valuable if I share it with you. So before I get to the episode, I have a huge favor to ask for you. I'm trying to see where this show is showing up in various podcast apps. I'm assuming that you're subscribed to the show, so it might affect how it actually shows up in the search engine. However, I would greatly appreciate it if you just go to whatever podcast app that you're listening to and search NFTs to see where this show comes up. Just screenshot it for me to let me know. I just want to see if I'm showing up on the first page because I realize depending where you are located in the world, a lot of shows that aren't even in production anymore are showing up much higher than mine. So I'm just curious to see how SEO, search engine optimization, in these particular apps are favoring me wherever you are located. And I would greatly appreciate if you just shared that with me. Send that screenshot to Tropic Vibes on X or via the contact information in the show notes. So going back to this whole pitch thing, if you've ever seen the show Shark Tank, that's what a lot of these are actually modeled after. The entrepreneur goes up there, they share their presentation, their business idea, hopefully some numbers and get those investors excited, try to get some funding. The first one was in spaces via Polygon and was really just to get the Polygon community excited for it. Uh, however, coincidentally, one of the projects that was involved in the Pitch Fest was pitching their platform, which they're getting ready to launch. But as a part of the launch, they're going to do a Polygon Pitch Fest, if you will, Shark Tank style. So that was very interesting to see. Thing that I realized in that Polygon Pitch Fest, by the way, this was with Polygon Perspective. Polygon has some great spaces, but Polygon Perspective, I believe it is every Monday, they have from the Polygon page, the community just comes together, they discuss various things. So it's not always a Pitch Fest sort of show, however, this particular one was. And in this, they had, I think it was five minutes, if I'm not mistaken, to just come up, share the project, get the community excited, and then share the links, pin something on the top. And that was the goal. It was just to get some eyes onto their project. And of course, the panelists, or I guess you'd say the judges or the hosts of the space, is that's a better word, would give some feedback and their thoughts on it, ask a few questions. And of course, if you're excited, then you can go either check it out, mint, get involved with the community, join the Discord, and so forth. And that was just very interesting. The thing that I took from that is the vast majority of people that go up to present their particular Web3 idea, either it's overly technical or it's just not very exciting and interesting as far as just getting the audience or the crowd or the judges, panelists, whatever you want to say, excited about that particular project. Now, it might be some of the greatest things ever because I definitely heard some really cool things in there. However, either the presentation was overly complicated, it didn't really address a particular need or an audience, or it just didn't really explain what the team was trying to accomplish. So I think that is one of the most important takeaways that I got from this particular one. And I can even think of it for myself with this podcast. The first time I was on a stage in a big room, somebody said, hey, you're a podcaster. Tell me what your show is about. I froze because I didn't expect to be asked that question. I was not prepared to basically show my show on the stage before a large audience, which were all NFT people that liked podcasts. So this was the perfect set of people to get up there and, and present my show to. But being the genius that I am, of course, guess what I did? The first thing that came out of my mouth is I said, this is not really a D-Gen show that just presents all sorts of things for speculations. And as soon as I said that, I was like, you're an idiot. 
you should have not started off with who the show is not for. You should have started off by saying who the show is for. Takeaway number one, and I can say I am a casualty of this myself. A lot of the times, people spend so much time throwing stones at their competition or what they are fighting against. Let's say that you're launching a new marketplace. You open up by saying all the problems that's with OpenSea, and then the focus is all at OpenSea. And then from that point forward, that person is going to benchmark everything you say, tie it to OpenSea, and it's just a tough place to start off. Rather than just right off the bat, say, this is who it's for, this is the problem solving, and so forth. So in the case of me, with my, this show is not for, that, what I could have opened up and said is, this show is for someone who sees the value in NFTs way beyond speculation and see how it could be applied into businesses or anything of that nature. I've said that so many times at this point, it just rattles off. I can rephrase it. I can put it in different ways, depending which room I'm in, because I know who this show is for. And that's the short to the point version that just answers that question and leaves the floor open for any kind of other questions. Okay. So that is one of the biggest takeaways I saw from this particular thing is they were presenting a lot of different things and they were distracting rather than just saying, this is what we do. They were tackling three or four different problems and that is so difficult to uh, convey and have it in a concise manner within say five minutes or so. So it was just very difficult. So the thing that I realized is that they have to zone in. They have to narrow down to make the message as clear as possible. And even with these podcast episodes, that's something I've learned over time that rather than trying to hit a whole bunch of things and do a scattershot, generally speaking, I have one single topic per episode. Enough successful people over the years have told me, focus, focus, that you narrow down into exactly what you're trying to do, who you're trying to serve, what problem you're trying to solve, and that is how you're successful in anything. And when you're making the pitch, you do the same thing. That's a few things that I learned in the space. Now, it's a lot different when you're sitting at home and you're behind the comfort of your phone. Maybe you're in your house with your nice air conditioner, or if you're in a cold area, you have your hot cocoa or your coffee, whatever it might be. It's a completely different animal when you're standing before a live audience. And in this particular room where I went with Kingston Beta last night, it was about 100 or so people in there. Then you have the panelists and the judge and the well-esteemed and accomplished colleagues, if you will, sitting right there in the front and you're presenting to them. You're using a slide deck behind you, which is another issue in itself, which I'll get to. And it is just nerve wracking. And I honestly, I just wanted to get up there and hug some of these people because it's like they get before the crowd. And trust me, I get nervous before a crowd too. I get nervous before I present, even on Zooms, for God's sakes. Like I will get nervous when I am uh, getting ready to make a presentation, especially if it's before certain people. In this particular case, these are people that they look up to. These are people that quote unquote made it, if you will. So it could be very intimidating. But anywho, they get up there, they make this presentation and the same thing comes into play. Some of them, I just did not understand like who it was for. And it brings me to the, the same thing I said about the spaces being clear and concise because many of them, great slides, nice and colorful. The person was vibrant and whatever. But at the end of it, I turned to the person that I was sitting next to and I was like, uh, what exactly are they solving? What exactly is the product or the service or what are they building? And same thing. I don't know, bro. They might have the best idea in the world, but they didn't convey it so well. And I think it's just the time crunch, having that audience there, then the nerves. There's a lot of things in combination. Not to mention, as I said, there is a slide behind them. So they're doing their PowerPoints, of course. 
PowerPoints just always let you down. The clicker is not working or it's jumping ahead too far. It's giving away the punchline, if you will, before the joke comes. Of course, I'm speaking about the presentations, but it's like getting to the point before you say it because it's revealing to you soon all of these different things. And that was happening. It was on full display. One of the guys actually had a video that you had to click to. The link wasn't working. Had to push him back. And it was just very interesting to say, none the least. But as far as slides go, and I've seen this at multiple events, different workshops for cryptocurrencies, classes for Web3, NFTs, Zoom presentations. I've been in these virtual events and summits. I think the vast majority of people put way too much text on these slides. These slides either say every single word verbatim what they're saying out of their mouth, or it has all these charts and pies and everything is so small. And even if you're sitting in the front row, you can't see it. Or if you're watching via Zoom on at home, like unless you have a screen that's the size of the wall, you can't read it. And I thought this was like standard. Everyone knew this, but I realize that it seems to be a more of a problem than not that you don't put everything that you're supposed to say on the slides. It's just supposed to supplement what the speaker is saying. And ultimately, you want to be able to make your pitch without the slides. So in case the tech goes down, you're in a position to make a pitch presentation, just be able to speak and answer everything without even needing the slides to supplement it, because that's what it is. It is the frosting on the cake or the sprinkles, if you will. But at the end of the day, the speaker up there is supposed to have the cake ready. And in the presentation itself, whether it's on the slide or not, just having market research, that is a great thing because in both cases, the audio one via the space or the one in present, very few people ever have any kind of numbers about market research, the potential audience that they're trying to reach, the competitors or projections, nothing of that nature. And even at this one that was live, I believe it was just one person out of all of them that actually had some market projections that were relevant and their competitors really did some research and had that to show. And I thought that was really great. This actually was the person that ended up winning. Kudos to that team. But in both cases, or even when you're in spaces, right, if you're discussing your project, your idea, just anticipate questions. A lot of the times it's like these presenters, they seem like they never expected anyone to ask a question. It's they just wanted to present and be done. Everyone would then either cheer for them, give them a standing ovation or cut out a check, go buy something on their website. I don't know exactly what they're looking for, but almost every time someone opens up for a question, it's like the presenter just wasn't ready for it. So that is just another thing. Be Anticipate these things. Practice, of course. Don't make this like the first time that you're going up there, especially for someone who is a little bit nervy when it comes to public speaking, which is the majority of people. Just have your thing down to the point that at least you have it memorized. And if not memorized, because I wouldn't I don't memorize anything verbatim. But what I mean is you have the points and the topics at least down. You do the presentation three, four, five times. So that way, if your notes blow away, your slides go down, whatever it might be, you can at least carry on the show. And I think that's just awesome. And just be open for criticism, because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how great the idea is. There's always some room for improvement. You might not have thought of something that somebody else might have thought of. And even with the show or any idea I've ever presented, even in my old life, if you will, when I was back at the store, I would present ideas to my supervisors all the time. I would say, hey, guys, before I implement this as the manager, what do you think about this? And then they would give the feedback. Am I always going to take it? No, because at the end of the day, I was a manager. I was the one who I guess you'd say the buck stopped with. So I had to make that decision. But at least I was open to the criticism and I was open to hearing other ideas to see if 
maybe I am missing a point. Maybe there is some data that they have that is very relevant to what went into my decision-making process. So I think it's good to be open to criticism. And even if you're not going to take the criticism, but just to listen to it, to see how other people are thinking, I think that's just very valuable. So Overall, I would say this experience of going to the live pitch fest, if you will, I think was a great one. And even though there wasn't much of a Web3 presence there, I went with two other members of the Carib DAO. And for the most part, there was no Web3 presence there. Another guy that I actually know from the island who is, I guess you would say, the glue within the tech community that is integrating blockchain technology, NFTs, and his marketing and all this stuff. It was great to finally meet him in person because I've only interacted with him via X or via phone call. So that was great to just be there, shake his hand, see him eye to eye, and, and really see how he operates. And he is a master networker, by the way. I wish I had even half of his charisma when it came to working the room. He was hopping from group to group and shaking hands. And he said, oh, I just want to check that person. And he's walking all over the place, just big personality big charisma, whereas I might be physically big, I might have a lot to say, but my personality and my outgoingness, if you will, is nowhere near that. And I thought it was just amazing to see him in action. And even in that, I was able to learn that just being there is amazing. By the way, his name is Andre Millwood. He was on episode 211. So very early in this show, he came on and we just chopped it up, if you will, for about a half an hour. And we spoke about the various things that he was doing within the NFT community, how he's integrating this stuff. The idea that he actually had is on pause. However, that was an NFT bounty hunting guild, which was just really cool, just a groundbreaking idea. And it's still one of the coolest things I've seen still to this day, even though it's on pause. And this is, I think, probably probably a year and a half after the fact, and it's still one of the coolest things I've ever heard. You can check that out. That is episode number 211, in case you want to hear that. But anywho, just seeing him work this room, the one thing I noticed, and a valuable part of information that I heard from him that I'll pass along to you, is that he said, even though this might not be the perfect, most ideal Web3 crowd, it's the tech crowd. And he shows up because he puts himself in a position where maybe someone else in the audience, maybe someone else there would be interested in what he has to say. A few events ago, he actually presented uh, one of his business ideas and the room didn't fully get it. However, once he got off the stage, he didn't win the competition. People approached him and were interested in what he was building. So the one thing that I will take away from him was that even if you don't win at some of these pitch fest or the people just don't get it, if one or two people in the room just find interest in it and then pull you aside after the fact to ask more, it's a win. And if they're not the ones who are going to fund it or jump into it or help you with the opportunity, maybe they have a friend or a colleague, some mentor that could get involved, or maybe they know the perfect tech person to help you build it out, a marketing guy, uh, someone that would be valuable to the mission at hand, and they'll point you in that direction. So that was the number one thing I think I learned at the whole event and how it could relate to anyone trying to get started. Because even though we are the early adopters or the leaders or whatever you want to call us, the pioneers in this amazing tech, at the end of the day, it is still people. And understanding that is what all of this is for. Without the people, where is the business? As long as we're not selling to robots and trying to appease the AI for our profits and building our businesses, rubbing elbows and connecting with people is going to be the name of the game. It was 
for our ancestors thousands of years ago, and it will be for the future. So just as I recommend going to these in-person NFT events and conferences and so forth, which by the way, look out for me to start tweeting a lot about NFT Negril here in Jamaica, something that we are gearing up for, still panning that out, but that's just a little alpha, if you will, for this show. Highly recommend that you just go physically to a pitch fest. You go to a chamber of commerce meeting or something of that nature. Even if you are the most introverted person, just be a fly on the wall, put yourself in a position. And the last thing I will say, they had a survey that was put out. I don't know if it was a Harvard Business Review or whoever it was, but they surveyed people to say if they were lucky or unlucky. And the vast majority of the people that said they were lucky happened to be extroverts. Why? It's because they went out there and they were speaking to people and they found just by opening up the mouth and speaking to the person that was sitting with them on the flight and so forth, ended up opening up multiple doors for them, whether it be investment, job opportunities, finding a partner, a spouse, whatever it might be. And because of that, they thought they were lucky. The people that thought they were unlucky were mostly introverts, such as myself, but these particular ones were unwilling to step out of their comfort zone. Now, it is completely out of my comfort zone to go to these events and, and mingle and do all of this stuff. So again, if I could do it, I'm confident that you could do it. Hopefully you found value in hearing all of this. It bridges it all in business, NFTs, crypto. It all comes together beautifully in how we can serve people. I would love to hear your feedback, but most importantly, what I would love you to do for this episode, as I said in the beginning, is just search NFTs in whatever podcast app that you're listening to and share it with me, that screenshot at Tropic Vibes on X or contact information in the show notes because I'm very interested in to see where am I showing up within your particular search rankings when people are searching for podcasts. But as usual, I want to thank you for taking time to listen to this as we're learning and building Web3 together. So until next time, later.